0: Welcome, parents, to episode number 54 of the Wonder of Parenting podcast, A Brain Science Approach to Parenting. My name is Tim Wright. Dr. Michael Green is with me. Michael, good to have you with us.
1: Great to be here. Thank you.
0: We are uh, doing another listener question today, and uh, I'm really excited about it. I always am with our questions because they're such good questions. This one is a fascinating one on the one hand, and I think you'll find us a little bit heartbreaking uh, on the other. And uh, hopefully some advice that we give today will help mom here and, and dad and, and uh, others who may have daughters or sons who are this way. Uh, before I, I get to the question, want to refer you to our website, wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. Uh, you'll find a place there to submit your questions, You'll find resources that we've created to help you in the adventure of parenting. And you'll also find a link to our sponsor, the Center or Place of Hope with Dr. Greg Jantz and the great work they're doing up in the Seattle area. And uh, I encourage you to hit the link, check out all the different resources that Greg has created, and you may find that sometime in your life you may need their resources uh, in terms of emotional care. And we so much appreciate uh, the great work they're doing up there and what they're doing for us here to keep the podcast on the air. So, Michael, we have a, uh, a great question today. Uh, the subject line was, my three-year-old daughter is obsequious. And I love that word. I had to look it up uh, just to make sure I knew what it was, and I had no idea what it was, obsequious. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to learn a new word today, uh, but also talk about something here that uh, is a little bit heartbreaking, but, but such an important topic. And so here's what Mom writes. She says, My daughter is three years old, about to be four, and she is obedient to the, to the degree of eating or drinking more than she could at preschool just because the teacher says so. Recently, she drank more water than she could because the teacher told her to, trying to prevent dehydration on a sunny day, and my daughter threw up. She said, I didn't want the teacher to get angry, and not just a certain teacher, any teacher, she wouldn't want to make angry. My daughter has an older brother. He's six and often comes home after seven hours in school tired, hence grumpy and easily gets angry with her. She is a sweet and considerate girl who has never been punished, So making someone angry has never resulted in a punishment. Uh, How do I teach her to toughen up a bit and to protect herself? So uh, it's kind of a heartbreaking one. Here you've got this... Overly compliant daughter, that's what obsequious means, uh-huh. uh, and um, she, she's just trying to do what people tell her. She wants to please people, um, but to the point where it's not necessarily real healthy for her or for the relationships in home. So um, where do you want to start with this one?
1: Yeah, I've been thinking about this. You know, the uh, this is a personality type. I mean, this is part of her personality, and the there's going to be, I think, someone else in the family who was like this at this age, um, who was very compliant. And I, I don't, obsequious, yeah, definitely means overly compliant. The examples that were given here of drinking a lot and of throwing up, um, it's an example, but I don't know that I'm not getting an indication that that. She's suffering. That this three-year-old is suffering at preschool. I get an, I get an idea that that she's overly compliant and she doesn't want to make it. But she's a people pleaser. What we, we would commonly call a people pleaser, right. which which is coming in on the personality. Um, compliance is one you know comes in on the personality. So she's gonna be that the rest of her life. And it does not look right now like she's in trauma. Um, uh, the,
0: Except that she is drinking so much that she threw up. So I can un- you understand why mom is is concerned about this? Yeah,
1: yeah. That was one episode on one day. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I agree. I mean, I'm not. I'm trying to per- give it, put it in perspective. Yeah. Definitely don't want to downplay it, but I think since this is part of her personality, it's we. Uh, I guess to go back to the wider view, it's since it's part of her personality, it's not something we would really want to try to change. Uh, but the resilience piece is what it's going yes. to be about. So right. nothing wrong with this personality type, and and the fact that she's never been punished, you know, uh, one day later, not at four, but later, she probably will go out and do some things that that are wild, and uh, you know, in adolescence, probably, and that she will get punished for. Like it's very common for this personality type to to. Uh, or this personality marker, to kind of go through, be compliant, be compliant, be compliant, and then hit puberty and then start to go a little bit wild. So I would say to this family, check that out. It's not going to be a bad thing. She's going to be fine. But just know that this being so compliant and obsequious, it's going to get tested um, uh, naturally by the environment around it. It's going to get tested. And it's going to get tested in friendships. Some people are not going to respect it a lot, and actually it's going to help Build her resilience because she's going to try to, to you know, at ten or twelve or thirteen, she's going to. People are going to say, "Why do you let people run run all over you?" You know, and then she's going to go, "Well, why do I do that?" And then she'll there'll be development for her around that. So, so this personality element does have a developmental arc, and um, some of what th- uh, this mom is worried about will gradually get taken care of. Um, that would be the first thing I would say. The second thing is that in terms of a strategy, if, if if someone is getting grumpy with her at a certain time after school, and if it is causing trauma for her, see, that's there is not an indication that, that his, his grumpiness, the six-year-old's grumpiness, is anything more than just sibling behavior. But if it's causing trauma for her, then we'd want to, for a period of time, keep her away, you know, just like she stays in her room in plays when he comes home from school, just to sort of test that out and see how that goes. Of course, we're going to talk to him and say, you're being grumpy to your your sister. You know, we're going to be talking to him a lot. But but to protect her if she's in trauma, let's remove her from that for a little while, um, see what happens. But again, I'm not seeing the indication of trauma from that. And then in terms of generally toughening her up, resilience building uh, is, is going to happen Naturally, as I said, but it's also going to happen by all the adults in her life, you know, saying to her, "You're you're you're merging too much with these other people, and she's too young for it now. But you're you're letting these other people um, tell you what to do, and then you're doing it. Um, Let's not do that. Like in that case, when you did this, what could you have done instead? When so and so asked you to do this, did you know it was wrong? Did you know it was going to be painful? traumatic what you know what can you do um, differently and that's going to take some years to do that with her so that she can somewhat shift her internal perspective on where those boundaries are and and why it is she does what other people want her to do and how you know and then she she learns gradually to move the boundary a bit more toward herself and to not merge with them. Um, because that's really what she's doing. At four, a lot of that won't make sense to her. So at four, it's going to be more removing her uh, or talk, and, and talking to the teacher and saying, hey, this happened, let's watch for this. She has this compliant personality, and I'm you know, trying to teach her these boundaries. So getting other people involved in helping with that, um, going to have to get other adults involved in helping her with that at four. Um, but by six or seven, it's going to make more sense to her. And it can be a, a conversation.
0: Is there a difference between a, a personality that always wants to please and a personality that just doesn't want to get into trouble?
1: Well, uh, could all be in the same person, um, right? All these are markers, and it could the same person could have all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do go together quite often. Um, uh, that moral sense, that strict moral sense of it's black and white, and if I do, you know. What's here? I'm not going to get in trouble, and so I'll do what's here. Um, that's that's a moral sense. It's and you go more quickly through the developmental stages, the like Kohlberg's straight stages of morality. Some of them you go through more quickly, and you get that. And some of them you don't actually get to the last stage as much as others, which is where you're an independent thinker. You stay in those boxes, you know, and so you always do what's right because you're in that box and and part of the result is you don't get in trouble. Um, and and yeah and that's that's where it can move over also into this compliance personality type because then you can not you know you're compliant because you don't want to get in trouble. and so those actually can overlap.
0: uh, one geared to boys and one geared to girls on this whole topic of resiliency and uh, I, I, in in reading the question from mom uh, that really seems to be her issue is how is she going to build resiliency into her daughter uh, so that she is able someday for a teacher to uh, maybe not punish her but say hey you know you could do a better job on this or uh, or maybe get punished. Um, and uh, so what are some, some really big, broad things that all parents need to be thinking about? Let's keep it to girls for this one, since we're talking about girls. What are some things we need to do to build resiliency in our daughters?
1: Well, resilience is built through testing, so it's built experientially. So as she is tested, as she's challenged in her environments, um, we help her— to, to respond to her environment and we guide her in how she responds to her environment. Environment includes other people, of course, relationships. So we, we help her. So we're going to use this case of the school. I, I would go, uh, what I would do is go to the school, talk to the teachers there, see, see if there's even anything wrong. You know what I mean? I mean, she may actually be resilient enough because she may, there was this case. Yes. But, but, um, she may de- be developing fine for who she is and, and naturally developing resilience. If, if, so for example, if we, um, we can't learn this unless we go talk to the teacher, we go talk to the teacher and we, we bring this up to the teachers. And then the, if the teachers say, well, you know, I don't know, she got pushed the other day by, by um, Billy and um, she told him she didn't like it or she, she ignored it, but she didn't seem to suffer you know, okay, then that means she's okay resilience-wise. But if there's a number of cases where she got pushed by Billy or she got sneered at by Jane or whatever it is, and, and you know, in those cases, the teacher saw that her core self, the self, you know, uh, was debilitated, that she, for 10 or 15 minutes after that, she just had trouble functioning, that's, that's okay. Then we know she's having some trouble with resilience. And so now uh, we and the teacher were will be programmatic and one thing that might be in the program is for a a parent volunteer to come in and it might be me mom or me dad to come in and be another adult there to help her um because if the class has a lot of kids in it the teacher's not going to be able to do this right she's not going to be able to take care of every child's resilience needs so we may need another adult in there um uh we probably do not want to, to tell all the other kids about this, right? I mean, it's, that's gonna, they're going to make fun of her. So, so it's going to have to be something we as adults do to set up that environment differently. At home, let's use the brother because we know about the brother. At home, we separate her away from the brother for, let's say, a couple weeks, see how that goes. If she's suffering— Right? I mean we don't know that she's actually suffering. But if she is suffering, if after he gets angry with her, we find that she for a half hour, she's crying or she's hiding in her room or you know, something like that then we we know that she's suffering and she doesn't have the natural resilience so so after after trying this for two weeks of separating her then we start titrating her back in and of course meanwhile we're working with the brother to try to not get angry and then we start teaching them both skills and what we're going to be teaching her are conflict resolution skills um uh you know if if she's in a conflict with him and we're going to be teaching her those skills when she's in other environments like the, the school, and it's going to fit under the category of conflict resolution, uh, and that will help her build resilience.
0: I guess it would probably help to ask what do you mean when you say resilience? How would you define it?
1: Um, what I mean is that she has a, uh, develops a st- strong enough self that um you know that she can succeed in relationships in her environments in the workplace uh, so succeed in as as an adult she'll still be compliant uh, that's still her personality uh, she'll probably be a follower i don't know that but maybe or if she's a leader being a leader is maybe will sap her energy a lot you know um because this personality tends to be more introverted so leading saps their energy um you know so she it doesn't um being resilient doesn't mean you become president being resilient means that you can survive and thrive as an adult in your relationships and in your environments and I think this child will by the way i i'm not seeing significant trauma yet for this child right I think she will uh, but it'll We'll have to understand the personality and set the right targets. And the right target for resilience is going to be: I have a strong enough self that I gradually develop a strong enough self so that I am not in psychological danger. I don't put myself in psychological danger, but I I stay within myself. And uh, doesn't mean I argue a lot. Doesn't mean you know. But it means I'm I'm gonna be able to resolve conflicts later, uh, and I'm gonna be psychologically safe. The, the problem psychologically, if, if this person is being traumatized, if this girl is being traumatized, um, the, this is where people talk about codependence or this kind of personality mm-hmm. can become—it merges again. And so it doesn't have a self, and it merges, and then other people lead it into bad things. Um, resilience would be, uh, I've got boundaries, and that's really what I have is boundaries. And at three, I don't have them yet, but I'm going to gradually develop the boundaries to stay psychologically safe.
0: You've written a book called The Minds of Girls, which the whole point of the book is is to help our daughters build resiliency. Are there certain challenges that girls, generally speaking, face in life when it comes to resiliency that would be different than what boys face when they're developing resiliency?
1: Yeah, the major the major difference if we're looking at it in the aggregate and statistically is that more girls um have issues with with psychological merging and that's because of hormones because of the way the brain is set up um and there's certainly echoes for it in the culture but it starts internally they they um become friends with someone or with a couple other girls and they merge their personalities so that they they start um uh like Combing each other's hair and and like we talk about trying on each other's clothes and they 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 almost literally are are merging into the other and um and so their journey in adolescence as the minds of girls talks a lot about this their journey in adolescence is to create the sorts of aggressions and dramas with each other. Uh, and I've argued that a lot of girl drama is actually healthy because this is how girls create the boundaries. Because they merge so much, and since you can't survive merged, you have to have an independent self. Um, and it takes a number of years to develop that. So, so they... They merge and then they pull apart. They merge and they pull apart. And the dramas that they create are to a great extent, not always, but to a great extent, are about teaching themselves and therefore teaching other girls how to have boundaries and how to have this safe, being psychologically safe. Now, when this stuff becomes cyberbullying, it enters the world of danger, and that's that's the bullying category. But what we call girl drama or girl aggression, a lot of that is about uh, this. And more girls will fall into this merging trap, just like more women will. And remember that more women say, um, when they come into my counseling office or really any counseling office, more women say, I don't have a self. I do everything for my husband or partner Mm -hmm. and my children. And even at work, I, I don't have a self. I so I do, do everything for others. You know what I mean? And so I don't promote myself. And that's really, really more common. It can happen with guys, but it's more common with females. And I, I have argued that, that it's more common with females because of all this, uh, all the neurobiology, then stretching out into nurture and culture. Um, guys do it. Guys merge. Where guys merge, especially, they merge in two ways. Sometimes guys will merge and and with someone who is an alpha, and they will do bad things because they've merged with that alpha, and they'll do whatever that alpha says. So that is a way that that guys are vulnerable to the merging especially. And then when they become romantic in adolescence or in emerging adulthood, you do get a lot of guys who have so fully merged with the girlfriend and then she leaves him and he's depressed or suicidal. And that that's an, a way in which, you know, you definitely see males doing more of the merging that I'm talking about here. But in the aggregate, you just see more of it among females.
2: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket?
0: Would girls, because of their biological makeup, tend more toward being uh, people-pleasers than guys, or is that too simple?
1: Well, uh, everywhere, any either sex can be people-pleasers, right? right? I mean, that's true. Um, if we're talking about the certain kind of people-pleasing that we're looking at as, as compliance, um, I would say that girls may and women may do it more generally with more people, where they may be trying to please more people, whereas guys would be targeting it more. They would be trying to please, uh, could be spouse. Um, after divorce, we find them often being people pleasers with their kids. You know, trying to be friends with their kids. Um, some of that is logistical. That that's the only way to see their kids. But but we see it with that, and then and we also see it with alphas or with leaders where they they want to do anything the leader says. You know, but or or please the leader. Uh, uh, but in the aggregate, I think what you're trying to get at is probably true that it's it, the females do it with more people so they're more challenged by it they also form more relationships so they could have 10 relationships going at one time and if they're trying to please all 10 of those people you know two or three women friends their their children their spouse partner a couple people in the workplace then they're just trying to please a lot of people whereas guys you know they don't form as many of these friendships so they're not really trying to please as many people
0: we have talked in the past, and I know that you reference it in your, your book on girls, uh, about uh, what's happening, uh, particularly on our college campuses today, having to create safe places because uh, students increasingly don't have the resiliency to interact with um, ideas or concepts or arguments that they disagree with. They become emotionally traumatized by an idea with which they disagree, and that's a whole thing about resiliency. And do you feel like we're seeing more of this happening than we've seen before, or are we just hearing about it more?
1: Um, well, I think we are we have uh, a more resilient young women today in some ways than we've ever had before, and we have less resilient young women in some ways than we've ever had before i mean so i think our culture is is helping females build resilience i think the message is out there mm-hmm. for young females and then and, and and we as parents are nurturing strong young women who have a voice and who who are resilient so I, i'm really proud of that but i but i i agree with i think your implication that that this whole safe space is Uh, in colleges and all of that actually goes in the wrong direction because we've all invested so much in, in, in building resilient young women. And then there's this trend, this sort of, this kind of reactivity that I think people think is protective, but doesn't understand resilience building. And so we need our college young women to learn conflict resolution we don't need them to be overprotected, um, uh, especially when what they're being overprotected from isn't trauma anyway. Uh, and and you know because safe spaces are, I feel uncomfortable about something, and the key word there is discomfort. And as you know from the minds of girls, I don't think that's the right key word. If we want to build resilience in young women and men and anyone, we have to use danger, right? We have to we have to. Create safety from danger, not safety from discomfort, because discomfort actually builds resilience. And that's why I was saying in, with this three-year-old: take her away for two weeks from that angry brother right after he comes home from school. Take her away from that if she's being traumatized, because we, you know, we got to keep her safe. But then gradually bring her back and teach her conflict resolution skills, because. That's the other part of of resilience, right? She's got to learn that, and she's got to learn that over a period of years. So when they get to college, to have them cut off from resilience and be told, "Listen, if you feel a little uncomfortable, you go to this safe space," rather than her having to confront what makes her uncomfortable, and sort through it and see, well, let's see, am I uncomfortable because, am I uncomfortable with that because I was traumatized at ten in such and such a way? okay, all right, I got to deal with that. Or am I uncomfortable with that because I just don't like it? Or am I uncomfortable with that because I disagree with it? Well, if it's, if it's, I don't like it, or I disagree with it, boy, I would much rather have her in conflict resolution or in debate with the other than to have her go to a safe space. So I'm kind of anti, as you know, already, I don't really like that movement in, uh, and, I'm, and remember, and I always say this to people, that I'm a victim of both child abuse and sexual abuse, uh, so I totally get what trauma is, but I still am glad I didn't have those safe spaces when I was in college. Right.
0: So that kind of brings us back to the original question, and and these questions always sort of help us go to broader topics, and, and building resilience, particularly in our young women, is important to do that. But to go back to uh, the original question about this particular personality type of a girl who uh, is the people pleaser, uh, what I heard you say before, and and just want to highlight that again, it would probably be good at this point for mom to meet with a teacher and sort of discuss this is the way my daughter is and then come up with some strategies to help build a little bit more resilience.
1: Yeah, I'd hit this in a three-pronged way. One would be look at, since this is what we were given in the email, I would go into that system, right, into that container, which is the classroom, talk to the teacher, Build assets together, um, even if it means bringing another person in for a month to volunteer as a reader, but also to watch things. You know, just to be there. I, I think that's all definitely sh- should be tried. If this girl is in any way being traumatized in the in that classroom, and then in the in the home setting, uh, I would use a combination of protection, which would mean removal from the child in a situation where there's high conflict, and maybe the child is doesn't have the assets yet to. To be resilient there. So a combination of removal, but then also re-entry. So bring the child back, though, at a certain point. Uh, bring the child back to help the child to learn and grow in the situation that that is creating the conflict. And then the third prong is... Um, look for systems and situations over the next five years, not necessarily today, but over the next five years, look for situations that will challenge this girl. So, um, you know, put her in piano or put her in athletics or, you know, and try these things with her because each of those activities is going to challenge her. And as she's challenged, she's going to be experientially able to work through her personality type and to see where to see where she's being too compliant and uh, where she should, shouldn't should be so compliant uh, or areas where being compliant actually is good followership, you know. And that's – no parent can say anything to a child with this personality to teach this to the child. The child has to learn it experientially. Mm. So the third prong is keep challenging her, protect her as needed, but keep challenging her in activities uh, like athletics that give her other people to help her and again, three you know—three is too young. She's not going to get in athletics sure. yet. But be looking for that with this personality type. Give yourself years, not today, just years, to work with this personality and know that by the time she becomes an adolescent, mid-adolescence, you should start seeing that she's, she's solid.
0: Well, Michael, as always, good stuff. And uh, we want to thank each and every one of you for listening to the Wonder of Parenting podcast. We hope you'll tell your friends about it. And also hope that you will join our Facebook page. You can do that through wonderofparenting.com. And uh, we're able to do some interacting with you uh, in between podcasts. And uh, I'll try to post articles, I think, that are helpful or follow up to certain topics. We do questions of the week. So anything that uh, we can do to serve you, you can get a hold of us there on uh, the Wonder of Parenting Facebook page. And Michael, as always, been good to chat with you. Looking forward to it again next week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And let me just say a final thing about this. Sure. This 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 family might be a great uh, they might really like that online course. We didn't mention it. It's on wonderapparenting.com. Yeah, right. If if I mean this is like there's so much in that about this and about raising daughters and resilience that for any listener who's having any questions about this resilience building and these personality types, um, if you go to wonderapparenting.com, you'll see sort of my picture there and there's an online course, uh, six hour online course that you can watch in segments. Uh, you might really like it, and this is a family that might really like it.
0: And my daughter went through that and said it was great, so I highly recommend recommended as well. So thank you for reminding me of that. Oh, thank so you. wonderofparenting.com, all that stuff is right on there, and we look forward to chatting with you again next week. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
2: A laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch-ch-ch- that's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100
1: casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No process, full work by law, 18 plus, and
0: conditions apply. See website for details.